Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Appreciate your attention. Turn with us to Luke chapter number 15. Um, thankful for the Word of God and for what it promises to do. It's a living Word. Uh, if it was just Word, then what we would do is just pass out a book to everybody or maybe a note with some information on it. <clears throat> but it's the Word of God and it's living. And so I'm grateful today for the power of His Word. Luke chapter number 15. I'm going to read from uh, beginning at verse number 11. Uh, this is the story of the prodigal son. And uh, I'm going to jump in about midway through uh, a little past verse number 11. Uh, verse number 20. Um, whoop, too far. Well, I'll just start at 11. Let's just go there. We've got time. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. That's all we'd like to read. Father, we pray that you'd open our hearts to this truth. And not knowing, God, any soul that's here, I realize that you do. And, Father, you've ordained this and that this very message is meant for some or many among us. May we all receive it. May with joy, Father, we accept it and obey it. But may there also be a response in us. May we not sit idly, Father, as truth touches our soul. May we respond, Lord, in acknowledgement of this truth. May we declare our dependence upon it and our trust in it. Thank you for what you're going to do. We ask this believing as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, verse number 17 is where we'd like to take our text this morning, just a, a verse, and I hope it to be helpful to all of us. 
But verse number 17, and said, and when he came to himself. Uh, that's all I want to use today is that simple thought of when he came to himself. Now, I read, for the most part in your hearing, what happened for the prodigal son. Uh, he had made a choice and a bad one. He had decided that he was going to do what he wanted to do, and, and as he went out, he experienced what all experience when they do what they want to do. When they do what the flesh tells them to do, he experienced loss, he experienced brokenness, he experienced a separating or an aloneness in this world, and all of these things were the consequences to his own choices that he had consciously made. Now, all of us are in the same boat, right? We can't look at this particular individual and say, well, well, he really had it made. If he had just stayed at home like I do, he'd have been fine. But the truth is, is that whether or not we've ever wandered astray and spent hours in righteous living or days or weeks, the truth is that our hearts have. The Bible said that, I believe it was Isaiah said that all we like sheep have gone astray. We've gone astray in our hearts. We've gone astray in one way or another. And I, I believe today that in not just this church, but certainly this church too, I believe there's people that have gone astray. They, they fell asleep on God. They went their own way thinking that they know best, that they can do best, and that they'll find best out there on their own. But oh, how we can all testify that have been there, that that is a futile endeavor. You'll not find any peace in this world. Amen. You can search for it, you see, with all of your heart. You can try it in drugs and alcohol and relationships and things and stuff, and you can just add them up by all those things. But may I say to you today, you'll find no lasting value in any of the things of this world. It's not there. It never has been there. The flesh is nothing but uh, something that is constantly needing to be appeased and yet never satisfied. You can take this or do that and, and all of these things will end you up in the same place that this young man found himself which was broken and broke and starving and hurting and alone and ripped off by the enemy having no friends, nothing to show for it. Friend, if you want to go that way, I can assure you that that's where you'll end up. That's exactly where you'll find yourself is at the bottom, is at the end of your rope. And that really is where I want to get to this morning is to try to help us understand that there's a time when you need to simply run out of rope. You need to get to the end of the line. You need to get to that place where that you're the end of yourself, right? Because self is ultimately the problem with all of us. Self is the very thing that causes me to go my own way. Self is the very thing that, that always is enticed by the world. Self is the very thing that pride continues to try to feed and, and encumber. Try, all of these things, friend, is because there's something about me that God made when he made Adam. And friend, when Adam fell in the garden, that sin got passed down. And there's a curse in this flesh that I'll, I'll never be able to fully get over. And yet the Lord Jesus has made it clear that we need to bring under some the body of this flesh we need to bring ourselves to a place where we rule the flesh and not in us and I hope today as I talk uh, to many uh, adult Christians and also young Christians may I say to you today to guard your heart for of it springs the life of the world of, the, of it comes the wellspring of life we need to get to the place that where we get to the end of ourselves we begin to sacrifice self 
Now, this young man had sacrificed a great deal. (laughs) He had wasted all of his substance, and may I say that was his entire inheritance. He would gave it all so that he might satisfy the flesh for a season. Now, I wouldn't say today that sin doesn't have pleasure. It does, and that's what the flesh is after. It's after the pleasure. It's after the, it's after the, the instant gratification that comes by buying what you want or doing what you want. But may I say to you, friend, that in the end, it'll leave your soul empty, and there ain't anything more barren than having your soul empty. Amen. I know people that have a whole lot of stuff, and you know what? It don't make them happy. They're not satisfied, and they can't be satisfied, you see, until the part that's empty gets filled up. I've never been so satisfied than in the place where the Lord is, to be in the place where I know that I'm right in the center of his will, to be in the place where the Spirit of God is moving and the people of God are obeying. I tell you, there's nothing greater for the soul of the believer today than when we get into the place where God is. Oh, how satisfying it is for the children of God to find their place, you see, when their self is brought in to that place of subjection and they're found or they get to the place where they're able to simply receive the goodness and the greatness of God and his word. I want you to look this morning and this particular passage is simply a place for us to begin. The word of God is filled example after example of men and women that got to the end of themselves. They got to the end of the rope. They, they got to the end of where they could go, and they just couldn't go no farther. May I say to you today that that's exactly where God wants me to be. Oh, how people have it wrong today. They preach from the pulpits all across this country about the prosperity and the importance of having and all of these other things. And if you'll do this, you can have more. If I understand the Lord right, he never uh, spent any time on that kind of information. What he was trying to do was to get people to lay something up somewhere else. He was trying to get people to recognize that when it comes to self, it doesn't do any good to feed the flesh. What you need to do is to feed the Spirit of God, those things that are eternal by nature. I wonder today how many of us are wasting time on things of this world when they could be given to the things of God. You say, well, preacher, now you're meddling. Well, that's what you asked me to do. I reckon what we need to do is to meddle a little bit in the affairs of our lives and recognize whether or not we're serving God or not serving God. How much time you reckon do we give to the things of this world when what we could be doing is seeking God and trying to find our place before God uh, to be a servant of God. Amen. I believe we're being robbed. I believe there's there's people that are, uh, that the enemy is stealing from us the very opportunity to be children of God as we ought be. How many of us spend too much time in front of a television? How many of us are looking at our phones when we ought to be looking at our Bibles? How many of us, instead of praying, are out doing something else that satisfies the flesh? Now, I'm not saying that every hour of your day has to be on your knees crying out unto God, right? I happen to know better. Ain't none of you would do it, right? So there ain't no danger in that. But I can tell you this. You will feed the flesh 24 hours a day and never give a second to God. I know that. You say, how you know? Because I've done it. Right? I've spent days that, as far as I'm concerned, were wasted 
Because I fed the flesh and I did this and I did that and all, none of that included God. I didn't consult God. I didn't seek God. Wasn't asking God. Wasn't seeking, wasn't doing anything to feed the Spirit of God. And may I say to you today, that's sinful. It's a wicked action for the people of God to neglect God in their daily lives. We need to get to the end of ourselves. Self is where the problem is, always has been. Self is where the problem is. What Jesus said to them, and I said it this morning, said, if you're not willing to deny yourself and to take up your cross and to follow me, you can't be my disciple. He said, it won't profit you nothing to follow the flesh. It's not going to help you a bit to mind the things of the flesh. But friend, we need to get to the end of ourselves. I don't know how you get there, but often for many, it's a road that's filled with heartache. And it's filled with brokenness. And it's filled with loss. But I'd like to say today is that it don't have to be that way. Did you know today that you can be right with God without having to lose everything you own? Do you know you can be happy and right with God without having to go through cancer or some of these uh, horrible sicknesses or disease? Now, I'm not saying because somebody's got it that they, they're not right with God. But what I am saying is that God don't have to strike me with some kind of lightning bolt and to make me want to serve Him and to love Him and to honor Him and to exalt Him and to live for Him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's a crying shame that God has to whip so much. That he has to correct in such a manner and chasten in such a manner, amen, just to bring someone back to the place where they're happy. What a ridiculous thought. That of all the things that we need more than anything, and we know it, right? You can ask somebody, say, "When, when your heart was right with God, was you happy? And they'll all say yes. Was you satisfied? And you, oh, yes, that was the best time of my life then. And, and yet they'll, they'll end up just letting the devil for every little, every little reason strip from them the very things that God is trying to give. I May mean, I say to you today, if we're not careful, we let ourselves get in the way of God's good work through us. I don't know what you need, but I can tell you it's a good, it's a good thing if we'll just get to the end of ourselves. The Bible said that when Jesus spoke of the Pharisee who stood there all dressed up in his fine clothes and, and as he began to pray out loud, he, he said, Father, I thank you that I give tithes of this and I give my offerings there and I go to the temple and I fast and I pray and, and Lord, I'm so grateful that I'm not like that heathen right there who won't even lift his head up. And you know what? The man in himself was praying a Prayer that I'm sure that people were impressed of. But, oh, how Jesus was clear about that. He said those that pray like that, he said they get their reward while they're here. They get the praise of mankind. But, oh, it doesn't matter, you see, if God's not in it. If God ain't in it, right? You see, you can come to church and you can, you can come on Sunday morning and Sunday night and on Wednesday night. You can come to Sunday school. You could be a, a part of other missions and services and work. But, friend, if your heart ain't in it, if you're not loving somebody, if self hasn't been removed from the equation, you've likely got a problem. Because, oh, how self tends to mess up everything I do. You see, self is my problem. It's not somebody else. It's me. 
When I look in the mirror, I'm the one that makes the choices for the most part of what does or doesn't happen in my life from day to day. And oh, how glad that I am for a heavenly father that steps in sometimes and he'll just put a roadblock here or he'll put an obstacle there or he'll touch me in my heart over something and can break me. And oh, I'm glad today that God is able to deal with myself. He's able to deal with myself. Now, I'm wondering how he's going to deal with others. But you know what? I found that more often I need to focus on myself than I do others. There's people that need him, and oh, I know they need him, and they need to be, they need to be changed. Oh, but God knows how to deal with self, especially them that are his. God knows how to bring us to the end of our rope. May I say to you today that when we get to the end, God's always made provision. As, as long as it takes, as hard as it may be, at the end, we will always find the provision of God. The Bible tells us there about Jacob, how he had suffered and went through so much and seemed like when he would got finally down to that point and he said, you know what, I'm just going to go meet Esau. I'm going to face the music and I don't know what's going to happen. He divided his family up and had one, one of his wives here and another one there and, and, and hoping that if he got one, he didn't get the others and and the Bible said that he stayed back. And I believe he just had to get to that point. You know what? God's looking for us to get to that point. When we're willing to say, you know what? I don't know what else to do. I've let self mess up about everything I do. I'm, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm gonna, you've made me some promises. And God had. He had spoken unto Jacob. And Jacob had even seen the ladder that went up and saw the angels coming up and going down out of heaven. And Jacob had been the called of God. And Jacob had been uh, providentially touched by God. And yet we find this man, as he had got to this point in his life, that he was willing to say, God, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. And he sent his wives on forward. They crossed the Jordan, and the Bible said that he went back, and he waited there all night. And he began to pray. Oh, what a good thing when people get to the place that they're able to pray absent of oneself. Because if all your prayers about satisfying the flesh, minding the things of this world, amen, your prayer life ain't got to where it needs to be yet. Because self is in your way. Self is in your way. The Bible said this young man, the prodigal son, the Bible said when he had came to himself, when he finally realized that he had lost everything, that he couldn't go no farther, that everything, everything was, was at the end of his, as far as he could go, he found himself ready to make a change. And here was Jacob. Uh, you could preach this forever. But here was Jacob. He was at the point he was fixing to lose everything. He just knew Esau was coming to kill him. Truth was, he was coming to kill him. He had 400 men already assigned to his own army, and he was headed toward Jacob that night. Now, we know it didn't end up bad, but I want to tell you how, how it got changed. The Bible said, old Jacob, he began to pray. And he said, God, you've made some promises to me. And he said, I'm, I'm clinging to him. He said, but I don't know what else to do. And you know what the scripture said? The Bible said somebody visited him that night. I tell you, when you get to the end of yourself, you're about to meet somebody else. And every example that I've got written, I can't preach them all, but every example that I've noted down that I've went through this week and just thought about, every one of them ended up in the same place.
Ended up meeting the same person. I tell you what we need when we get to the end of self is to get to Christ. Because if you get to the end of self and you don't have Christ, friend, I'll tell you where self's going to go. It's going to go right back to self. It's going to keep right on following the things of the flesh and it's going to mind the things of the, the flesh and you're going to get just going up d- deeper and on into your own, own deprivation. Friend, there ain't no hope in this world. Not in this world, just Christ. The Bible said there came a man that night, an angel of the Lord. We know by his name who he was, but yet what we hear, we find out that he began to wrestle with Jacob. And the Bible said that Jacob wrestled with him and and wrestled with him and wrestled with him. Now, how many believe today that Jacob had more power than the angel? Why do you reckon God was wrestling with him? At any point, the angel could have done multiple things, right, to have stopped the, the, the wrestling. Oh, how we wrestle with God sometimes. But aren't you glad he just wrestles with us? Aren't you glad that he's willing today to keep wrestling Amen. As you wrestle in your heart and you're trying to get self out of the way, I tell you right now, that's a battle. That is a hard thing to deal with, to finally crucify the flesh, to allow the inward man, amen, to be greater than the outward man, to allow your life to be ruled by the Spirit. It'll take a little wrestling with God. Oh, Jacob was wrestling. Everything was at at its end. He couldn't go no farther. He stood that night in jeopardy of losing it all. Everything. Everything. And he wrestled with God and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. He wrestled with the Lord. And the Bible said that as it began to break daylight, that Jacob was not able to avail. He wasn't able to prevail against the angel. And the Bible said the angel didn't prevail against him. Now, we know the angel had power to do all kinds of things so that he could have prevailed. So I see this nothing more than the mercies of God as he just kept wrestling with Jacob. Oh, how he's wrestled with you. How long are you going to keep fighting God? You're almost to the end of yourself, you see. I'm excited for you. You think your world's about over. You think you're going to die. You think, ain't no way I'm coming out of this. But may I say, I'm excited for you. Because when you get to the end of yourself, you're fixing to meet Christ. You're fixing to see what all these that have gone before us have seen. He wrestled. The Bible said as the day approached that the angel, he reached around and he touched the He touched the hollow of his thigh. He touched his thigh. The Bible said immediately that that his hip went out of joint. He took and broke Jacob. (laughs) Oh, I pray today as you get to the end of yourself, whether you're here or you're listening, I hope to God you'll get to the end of yourself. And oh, how I pray that God will do whatever it takes to break you to get you to that final place where you're ready to give in and let God rule in your life. The angel said to Jacob, said, turn me loose. Let me go. He said, for the day approacheth. And the Bible said, oh, Jacob, he, he was already, he knew he couldn't win now. But you know what he did? He held on. He held on. 
on, he didn't give up. May I say to you today that though it seems that all is lost, I want you to know that at the end of yourself, you're going to find Christ. Because once we get self out of the way, there remains nothing else in the way. It is Christ then. He said, let me go. And you know what Jacob said to him, right? We all love that passage of scripture. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. You remember what Jacob did when he stole the blessing from his brother? That's why his brother was so mad, by the way. Is Jacob tricked his father who was blind. And he went in there and acted like he was Esau, putting hairy garment on his arm so his father would feel it and think it was his brother. His father, even suspicious about it, said, well, you feel like Esau, but you smell like Jacob. What he thought, Jerry, would help him most was have the blessing of his earthly father. But when he got to the end of himself, he recognized what he needed more was the blessing of his heavenly father. When you get to the end of yourself, you will come to the place that you realize all you really need is from him. All you really need is from God. Oh, he said, turn me loose. He said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. We know what happened to Jacob. God blessed him. He limped for the rest of his life, but God blessed him. God spared his family. He went down there and hugged his brother. God blessed him. But Jacob had to get to the end of himself in order for God to do the work. When Abraham was climbing Mount Moriah, having received of God the news that he had to offer his son as a sacrifice, I don't know about you, but I'd been in my rope climbing that mountain. Every step would have been like my last step as I led my child up to a place where I was going to take his life. But when Abraham got to the top of the mountain, you know what he found? In his obedience, as he was fixing to do what God had told him to do, God said, Abraham, Abraham, stay your hand. He said, but I know now that you'll not withhold it. Abraham had gone to the end of himself, and he was proven to God he was at the end. And you know what he found? He found a ram caught in a thicket. The sacrifice that he needed, it was already there. You see, when you get to the end of yourself and you think, I'm going to die. I ain't going to make it through this. I want you to know that Jesus is there. The woman that had the issue of blood, right? It goes on and on, right? The list, I'm just going to give you one, one or two. The woman that had the issue of the blood, the Bible said she'd spent all and was no better. I, don't, I honestly don't believe she had that many more days to live. I think she was at the end of her, her life. She was at the end of herself. And then one day, who'd she meet? She said, oh, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. No, I'll be made whole. She began to press through the crowd until when Jesus passed by, she just stuck that hand out and touched his, touched his clothing as it went by. And immediately, she was made whole. What I'm saying to you is when you get to the end of yourself, Jesus is there. 
Jesus is at the end of your struggle. Peace that you need is at the end of yourself. How many of us are allowing self today to stand in the way of our service to God? How many of us are allowing ourselves to dictate what we do and how we do and where we go? And how many of us today just simply need to get to the end of self? To recognize that within me dwelleth no good thing. That in my flesh, that is to say, there is nothing good to get to the place where I'm willing to admit on a daily basis that, Lord, I don't have anything to offer. I'm at the end of myself. Say, preacher, well, I got there this week. I got to the end of myself. Let me give you some troubling news. You're going to wake up tomorrow. And yourself will be back. Getting to the end of oneself is a process that goes on and on. About the time, Jerry, I think I got this figured out. Myself shows up. And I have to go through it again. My biggest enemy today is me. And the sooner I realize that, the quicker I win the battle. What the Bible said was that we don't war against flesh and blood. That means our neighbor as well as ourselves. But we war against things that are spiritual. We war against those things that only only one who is absent of self, right? Because as long as you're putting yourself as number one, you're not where God can use you yet, right? The three Hebrew boys, they were at the end of the road. End of the road, right? And yet they stood and they said, don't matter what happens to us, we're not going to bow. And they threw them in the fire. Guess who they found at the end of their rope? Who was in the fire? It's no different for us. Daniel, right? Same thing with Daniel. He said, I'm going to keep on praying. But they'll throw you in the lines, Dan. He kept right on praying. We're going to throw you in the lines. They threw him in the lines, Dan. You know what he found? The lions wouldn't eat him. The lions wouldn't eat him. When we get to the end of ourselves, we're going to find Christ always there. He is always there. I'll tell you what keeps us, come get a song. What keeps us from truly experiencing the power of God in our lives is we let self get in the way. Right? You'll sit there and convince yourself half the time that you don't need to raise your hand and say Amen. I'm praying to God that you'll get beyond yourself, right? Because if, if you're losing that battle, I can't imagine what spiritual losses you've already incurred. You can't get the courage to say, Amen. 
slip both up your hands and, and say, thank you, Jesus. You know why you don't do that? Self. Because in yourself, you're too proud. You, you, you think somebody's going to say something. That's all a product of pride, right? Who cares what somebody says anyhow? Why can't you serve God? Because of self. Don't point your finger at your neighbor. No, point it back at you. The reason you don't get done what God has for you to do is because of you. I need to get to the end of myself every day. Oh, what a victory would be won if when I wake up, I get to the end of myself then. What could I do for God if I lived an entire day for Him? Think about it. What could I do for God if I lived the entire day for Him? I'm trying to hush. People said, oh, I can't fast. I know why. Because of self. That's the reason we don't fast. It's because of self. The reason we don't pray is because of self. The reason we don't study our Bibles is because of self. The reason we don't go to church regular is because of ourself. The reason we don't witness to lost people is because of yourself. And I think we ought to get to the end of ourselves. We ought to, when we wake up, spiritually speaking, when we wake up, we ought to acknowledge before God that I can't do it. I can't do it. And we ought to lay this man on that spiritual cross and say, crucify me here. That before I ever step foot out of a bed, that I have come to the end of myself. Then I can serve God. Then I can do for God what must be done. Then we'll see the power of God loosed in our own lives. But we have to get the end, get to the end of ourselves. Uh, sinking in? Do we get it? Zacchaeus got to end of himself. He's in a tree. But that's where he met Jesus. That's where he met Jesus. Peter, at the end of himself, was looking at somebody on the shore saying, throw your nets down and follow me. And he did. I, we've all been there, right? Surely you've been there spiritually where you got to the end of yourself and you said, yes. You understand what I'm saying, right? You've been there, surely. As a child of God, if you've lived for him for any amount of time, you know the struggle with self. 
The one thing I ain't going to miss when I leave this world behind is self. I think that's part of the reason it's got to go. It's got to go back to the earth because self has always been corrupted. This flesh, this flesh, that's what I'm talking about is the flesh. This flesh has been nothing but a hindrance to me. And it will be until I'm dead. And then I'll be separated from this flesh and I'll be forever free of self. And I'll get a new body one day that'll be like the Lord's. It won't be like self. It'll be like Him. Well, how do we get to the end of ourselves? A lot of times it takes the hard stuff, right? Sometimes it takes a bunch of chastening. Sometimes it, 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 it takes tragedy, and then sometimes we just got to say, like Zacchaeus, I think I'll just hunt for him. I'm, I'm going to run until I find me an opening. And when he did, he climbed up that tree and said, I'll find him. I'm, I'm done hiding. And he found Jesus. Jesus is at the end of yourself. Would you come to him? As we stand and sing this morning, if you need Jesus, come to him. Put aside self that's saying to you, no, sit right here. Don't move. Don't make eye contact with the preacher. Don't give any indication that you're wrestling with God. Right? That's what self's telling you. That's what the enemy's feeding to self is all of those lies that keep you from getting right. What you're wrestling with is yourself. And you've got to get past self to get to Jesus. Come to him today if you need him. Come to him.